Good morning, kia ora, Aotearoa. welcome to the show. A monumental day, the 17th of April 2023. Millions of New Zealanders have demanded this day. <laughs> it has finally arrived, it is finally happening. Daniel McCarty and Tony Kemp together, <laughs> as it should be. What a start. Now, this is the, mo- this is the moment, Kempe, you start rapping, isn't it? <laughs> Daniel McCarty. I've been sitting at home all weekend too waiting for this Monday to happen, Daniel, and you've come in off the back fence. You can take that from me if you want. We'll start like that. It was fantastic. <laughs> Mate, you, you've, you've got to fake it till you make it. <laughs> you know, when you've had no sleep, when you've worked over the weekend like you have, Kempe, too. Uh, you, you, the embers aren't really uh, fully uh, engulfed in flame, are they? No. Uh, so, uh, no, I'm delighted to be. I'm really excited. Really excited. What a, what a beautiful-looking crew you have, too, behind the, behind the glass mirror. Oh, we work hard on that, too, with these young fellas. We've got plenty of makeup out yeah. the back there. Aroha, she, she she's, uh, moonlights as a makeup artist for the boys in the kitchen because, man, you should see their heads. They're pukiko cabbages, a couple <laughs> of them, when they come in at 6 <laughs> o'clock in the morning. But No, mate, it's a, it's a, it has been a good weekend, Daniel. As you know, we both love to call our respective sports the uh, the Phoenix and, of course, the Warriors. And, and you throw in a bit of cricket and a bit of rugby and... Uh, a bit of boxing on the weekend, and man, you know, we haven't even started talking about horse racing. She starts to get pretty full, your cup. So um, we'll have plenty to talk about today, no doubt. And and I'm real glad that you've come in because, man, talk about energy. you got plenty of it. Oh, sport, how, how can we not be happy and, and <laughs> delighted with our lot in life? Uh, I know you're calling us aside in the Warriors who, uh, you know, showing so much grit, determination, um, and more often than not, Real spine on defence, which I, I love. Kempe, you're the star of rugby league. I, I, I look at league very simply. If you want to be an elite side in this competition, if you can, if you can limit sides to t- 12 to 16 points on average per game, you, you're going to be a, a top five, top four side. No doubt about it. And, and we're seeing that, what, 80% of the game so far this season? Hundred percent. That's exactly right. And defence wins your titles. And if you have a look at the good teams that don't let in. I guess too many points on a regular basis are the teams that you want to sort of have in your in your fantasy leagues, you know. So the Warriors actually the the untold story of Saturday afternoon is their defence. You know, like they're talking about it was a scrappy game and it was an ugly win and you you got to win ugly to win titles and and no one's talking about their defence. I'll tell you what, Daniel, the game on Saturday afternoon on both edges with Dylan Walker and Sean Johnson especially being asked plenty of questions. They are, they've only come up with 17 missed tackles in the whole game. And when you look at a stat like that, normally it's around 40. Um, you can see why there's a little bit of frustration on Todd Payton's face when his team's had, I think, nine minutes worth more worth of ball and just couldn't get the job done against the Warriors. Stats are all against them. You know, We can go through the stats till the cows come home, but the effort in defence is what won uh, Andrew Webster this two points, and we'll talk about a little bit about that when he joins us uh, after 7 o'clock. Yeah, we've got a big show lined up for you folks uh, right through to 9am, as you would expect on a Monday morning, as Kempe has just pointed out, Andrew Webster. Uh, he's probably about 6 foot 9 at the moment. I mean, he's probably feeling about 6 foot 9 at the moment. <laughs> um, uh, really looking forward to speaking to him about how they have progressed so far this season. But let, let's let's not avoid, um, you know, quite an obvious fact here, Kempe, a, a tough stretch of games uh, coming up yeah. for the Warriors. Well. And they're a reason why a lot of the teams they have played don't find themselves in the eight. Um, you know, it's a compliment to the Warriors, but the Warriors have only played one side who so far sit in the eight by my math, 
Uh, discretion advice, Kempe. My math's pretty rubbish, mate. I got nine percent in calculus uh, at last year at high at high school. Nine percent. Um, so you know, nearly made double figures, as my teacher said. Um, yeah, thanks very much for that. So I'm really looking forward to catching up with him. Uh, we've got uh, plenty of uh, great names joining us uh, on the program. After 8 o'clock, Ricky Herbert, the most successful manager of the Wellington Phoenix, of course, um, and All Whites fame as well. We'll look at, you know, one of the more perplexing, if not entertaining sides in all of New Zealand sport at the moment, I, I would argue, in the Wellington Phoenix. Um, again, coughed up a lead. Mm. Seen that seen that story um, before, Kempe. No, no side has taken the lead um, as many times as the Phoenix uh, have so far this season. Uh, but no side has gone on to lose as many games after scoring the first goal. Wasn't quite that uh, case at Eden Park yesterday as they drew two all, conceding a late equaliser, I think, in about the 84th minute uh, to the Brisbane Raw, which means their playoff hopes still not confirmed. Mm. Uh, I, I, you know, seeing games out, you know, how, how difficult is that for a, a sports man, woman, a team, to believe over the last 15, 20 minutes, hey, we, we can take this positive position and actually collect the points, Kempe. Yeah, it's sort of a nervous nervous deposition, the, the Phoenix, aren't they, at the moment when they get a lead and yeah. you just don't know whether or not they can hold on. Look, I thought that last goal by the Raw was possibly an own goal. Um, it wasn't defended very well from the from the corner. And then what I think fell with about a minute and a half to go, an Dead set open chance for the Phoenix to score another goal and go three two in front. The header was just wayward. It was right there on the on the penalty yeah. box, wasn't it? Where, the, where you take your ten meter penalty, and he should have put that in the back of the net. Um, and you do get a little bit like that, Dan. You know, like you you sort of sit back, and sometimes when you're in front, going, oh, I can feel it happening. I can feel, you know, because it's happening so many times and you're going, come on, boy. And you're looking at everyone else going, come on, boys, just hold it together. When you should be going, like, just worry about me and doing my role. And You're is, not saying, come on, boys. Give me these four-letter words flying out oh, of your mouth. <laughs> it's like, come up. No. On. <laughs> you're going, no. Not again. Not again. Not again. Not again. Not again. But, but I, I tell you, folks, if you can watch a replay of that game, try and get to around the 60-odd minute mark. You will see one of the more bizarre, craziest moments in all of sport, I reckon, that I've ever called. There's about a 60-second period where David Ball hits the post three or four times by himself. He's about eight yards out on a 45-degree angle, hits the post, it hits the top corner, Kempe, it goes back along the, the goal line. Mm. I think it, as it's just about to hit the other post, the keeper flicks it out with a hand straight to one of his own defenders, who then nearly dribbles the ball into his own net. But he, he then uh, wedges the ball on the post with the ball, flicks it out. Uh, I don't know how that didn't go in. And then about 60 seconds later, from the other, other side of the box, David Ball hits the other post, and it does the same thing. It goes across the line. It was like the ball and the line, they were magnets, opposing magnets. Yeah, they... Uh, there's just some days you know I'm not going to score. I'm not going to. I'm not going to win. We're not going to win. It's just not going to happen. No, nah, and that's what I mean. Like that anxiousness in it about you, even when you're hitting it and you think that the soccer gods are playing against you, where the ball just come on, mate. You, did the groundsman not tilt the white line back to the back of the net? You know, when it's yeah. wrong. Like that's well, one. That's what I think I'd do yeah. as a coach. I'd go and talk to the groundsman and say, look. <laughs> That white line Mate. has to tilt towards the back of the net, okay? If we're going to hit it, we play downhill both halves. Yeah, we play downhill both halves. Yeah. What's going on? Exactly. Hey, uh, I, I saw an interesting headline on one of our, um, you know, leading sports publications and uh, news websites, um, suggesting the Chiefs uh, could go unbeaten in Super Rugby. 
they are halfway through the season, and people yeah, my are second all, team. already talking about they're already talking about a perfect season campaign. Oh, no. When, when shall we start seriously talking about a perfect season for the, for the Chiefs? And credit to them, seven wins from seven, and look at the sides they've beaten. They've beaten a whole heap of New Zealand sides, four of them. Yeah. Four New Zealand sides in that seven-match seven, um, unbeaten streak, and brilliant second half against the Canes in that uh, game in Wellington. And the beautiful was. blue skies and the Riviera of the South Pacific, that is Wellington. But when, when, when shall we seriously start talking about the Chiefs? And a perfect season. I still think it's a bit early. Well, we started talking about it on Saturday afternoon when we were preparing for no. the Warriors and the score was coming through and at 17-5 at half time, we're thinking, geez, the Hurricanes have actually gone out there and put a number on the Chiefs. And then all of a sudden, it was like the Chiefs fought back, s- slightly went in front and then ran away with it in the end. And you're like, well, you know, seven, seven wins in a trot. Um, I'll tell you one guy who'd be really happy is Uncle Brett, you know, who loves the yeah. mana down there in Waikato. And I think you have to start talking about it. Like, seriously, they've beaten everyone. Yeah. They've beaten them away from home, which is not an easy feat. And the players that were started that started so well at the beginning of the year, Damon McKenzie, when he took his try, um, you know, we're going to talk to uh, young Cortez Ratima later on after, after seven uh, about – his try when he jumped out from yeah, from scrum was a like Big that moment. timing of it was perfect. But just the way that they they knuckled down, you know, like what was said to them. I want to know what was said to them at half time because at seventeen five of the Caketon, you think you'd have to really have some stern words with the with the Chiefs who hadn't been in that position before to come out and play the way that they did. And of course they delivered, which was the other thing. So uh, if we're not talking Damien McKenzie starting at number ten, the other thing I like about him, Dan, is he runs the football. Like he, him, him, and Richie Moonga have got this battle going at the moment about who's the best runner of the football. You got to say, you got to say, Damien McKenzie is in the top two number tens in the country at the moment. He's electric to watch. And then you go to the ground and you see how tiny he is. He's <laughs> him and him and Marty his okay, brother. Okay, I'm 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 doing that thing with my fingers, suggesting <laughs> he's like three centimeters tall. He's obviously bigger than that. But, but 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 you know you know what I'm saying. He's he's dynamite. He's playing really well and. Gee, what great depth you have there. I know Bowden Barrett's been out of form so far this year, but, you know, he's got so many runs on the board at that international level. He's not going to be phased by it all and, you know, classes permanent and all that, all that type of thing. Hey, we'll talk some basketball as well. We, we need the Phil Collins drum solo. Uh, we're going to talk the uh, Taranaki Mountaineers because there's something in the air tonight um, over the weekend with that <laughs> well, catch and shoot. Oh, how incredible was that? The Sales NBL is awesome. I think only one side has yet to lose a game. And we're like three games into the season. That's fantastic. Everyone's beating everyone. Um, you know, my beloved Wellington Saints are 0-2 at the foot of the ladder. Um, yeah, they'll come right. Yeah, that's, that's unusual, eh? The Wellington pause. Saints, who you always expect to be right at the top uh, top of the, yeah. the the table. Look, I yeah. agree with you with the basketball. It's Mills so, family so good out. To watch. I say Mills family out <laughs> after two losses. <laughs> hey, leave my old boss alone. <laughs> All right, he, he'll never legend. Go, he'll never go he's anywhere, Nicky. He'll never go anywhere. He'll be there, <laughs> mate. We'll be wheeling him out when he's one hundred and fifty. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll still look 50, won't he? he oh, he'll still look 50 man. as well. He is. Yeah, he's a great man. Hey, all the regular features along the way through to 9 o'clock, Kempi's Quiz. We've got... Um, I, no, I won't do off the back off, off the fence. Kempi Kemp, Kemp will do that. He promi- he, I've been promised to singlet, though, at some stage today, Kempi. <laughs> yeah. You're rocking the hoodie today. I'm a little bit disappointed. Um, uh, is it time, though, to, to ask our ever-knowing audience a, a key question of the day? 
Well, we're going to count white question of the day. Question of the day. There right. you go. That's the that's the sting, Dan. When it's, it, prof- it's it's nice to be back on a professional radio show, Ben Francis. <laughs> Where, where's our stings on a Saturday morning? Grant, <laughs> Ellie, and I feel naked, feel nude. Yeah, that's the thing that the boys play every morning, and we've got one this morning. The can't wait question of the day, which we want everyone to know about, because we're talking last week, and I think that uh, the kid that they signed, Samasoni. Um, Tokuiho, I think he's a future captain. Rico Ioane become just the second player to renew his contract with New Zealand Rugby till the next World Cup in 2027. Who do you think should be at the top of the NZR's priority list to lock down for the next four years? Uh, text us double eight double three and let us know who your thoughts are. Dan, like you've seen those signings. You've seen the great, uh, what I, th- I think is going to be the next All Black captain, Samasone Tokuiho, signed through to the next World Cup. Rico Aini, they've gone, well, we've got the be- the most potent attacking weapon in the forward pack signed. We've got to go to the back and make sure we start signing up our centres. Uh, and I reckon I know who the next one's going to be. But who do you think, Dan? Well, I try to map this out scientifically. Um, I, I, I've kind of put together a squad to play a test match, theoretically. I've got one, two, three, four, five, no, five or six prop, five international experience props available to me. I've got two international hookers. I've got um, three locks. I've got uh, a number of loose forwards, four to be exact. Um, I've got three three options in midfield. I've got a couple of wingers, a fullback as well. I've got zero halfbacks and zero first five-eights. They're reasonably important in uh, the game of rugby. <laughs> so anyone with a nine or a ten on their back. Um, I'm I'm quite quite impressed with the talent coming through as far as nines. Uh, so we we might I, I think player development could be the most important aspect of this. It's the cheapest way um, to bring through talent if you can develop your own. Uh, because there's a lot of halfbacks moving on. Uh, Aaron Smith um, he, he's confirmed he's moving on. Um, Brad Weber, TJ Perinara are expected to retire or head offshore. So there's a, a, a real opportunity there. But first five eights, you've already mentioned his name, Damien McKenzie. Yeah. I, I'd like to see him re-sign. He, he's probably the man I would go to. I, I just put so much value and stock in a number 10. Yeah. And and we've talked about that a lot here, um, myself and Izzy, around where is that next 10 coming from? And, of course, when you look at Bodie Barrett, he's probably, his World Cup is done. This is the last one. You look at... Um, Richie Mwonga, well, we know that he's done because he's heading off, offshore. Yep, they're both going. Yeah, They're both heading offshore, aren't they? Yeah, and D- Damien McKenzie's been on a sabbatical comeback and obviously this year being the premier number 10. Where does that leave him? But where does that leave Stephen Putafeta? As the, as the... Uh, he's in my squad. He's yeah. in my squad. But he's more of a 15 who can play 10. Yeah. So, I, I, look, I agree with you. I think what they need to do is they need to sign their 9s and 10s. We have got... Smithy and TJ Perrin are two prolific uh, number nines for us that have played in that all-black jersey over a number of years, leaving that side. And, of course, who is it coming through? Is it – like, I like I like Weber. I think he's a great little halfback playing for Waikato. But also, is it the likes of Cortez, Ratima and uh, mm. Cam Roygaard? You know, Cam Roygaard down in the Hurricanes, down in your part of the, the world, has been set in I've the world I've started building right. the statue. I've, been start, I've started building the statue. <laughs> 
just going to go right next to TJ's. Yeah. I'm nearly finished, TJ's. Um, I, I'm on track to finish when he finishes his career. Yeah. Well, that'll be a good. Yep. That'll be a good mix. We'll be, we'll be able to try and pull that one apart when we come down there and put it on our shoulders, take it around town <laughs> with us. You and you and TJ. You and TJ Perrineau. Look, look, look like. Got to take that to P Town, mate. Got to take that to P Town. We'll never pay for a drink for wandering around P Town with uh, TJ's statue. So that's our can't wait question of the day. The must sign re-signing. If you're if you're in charge of New Zealand rugby, who are you um, you know backing up the proverbial truck to? Uh, to make sure they are here for 2024 and beyond. Uh, my suggestion is Damien McKenzie. Mr. Kemp, are you going to reveal yours? Or yeah, yours look a bit I, later. Yeah, are you going to tease I'll, I'll, I'll get your mind when I come back. Beautiful. It's uh, 20 minutes after 6 a.m. It must be time for a break, and I'm going to Ron Burgundy it. Uh, my, produce, my wonderful producers have written a script for me. You're listening to Louie and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. 26 minutes after 6 a.m. Call any time of the Kenneth's Hire phone line. The number is 0800 150 Or give us a text on double eight double three. especially if you've got an answer to our can't wait question of the day. Who is the must resign for New Zealand rugby? On the back of uh, Mr. Iwani committing through to the next World Cup. Um, Takiaho also has done that now, if, if I'm not mistaken. I think we've got 20 All Blacks re-signed for next season, 13 beyond 2024. But there are still a few um, you know, high-caliber players out there who are yet to commit their future. If you are in charge of the NZR, I tell you what, having listened to SCNZ over the last couple of years, there's a lot of people out there who would like to run New Zealand Rugby who think they should run New Zealand Rugby. <laughs> Here's your opportunity to cut a big check. Who are you re-signing? Double eight, double three, that is uh, our... But, or if you're, um, I don't know, an Arsenal football fan, <coughs> how much are you choking this morning? <laughs> you, re- you reckon they can't do it, eh? You reckon they can't do it? Um, look, not now. Not now. Not after this morning. Uh, not after cons- conceding a two-goal to nil lead against West Ham. They're still going to play Man City. Yeah. Who just in fuego. Oh, they don't really they? Are. Yeah. yeah, and I'm here all for it. I can't wait to see Mikel Arteta completely melt down over the next seven or eight weeks. <laughs> maybe they should sign him. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe <laughs> the New Zealand rugby should sign him. And uh, geez, we'd hope, we'll hope we don't get to that choking stage of the season come the World Cup. They're talking about these players that go through, Dan, look, I, th- I think a Cam Roygaard or a, you know, a Purifetta would be really good. But if yeah. I was in charge of it, and you've got, and you've got to be wondering – has Razor had some say in this? Um, and if he has, like the next bloke off the – which I thought he would have been in the top three, definitely. I would have had him at number one as far as signing goes, would be Geordie Barrett at 26. I think he's he's has to be signed um, through to 2027 uh, just to s- solidify all the outside back options. Because as you know, if they're struggling at 12, who's filling in? Geordie Barrett. If he's struggling at – Oh, so you're taking, you're taking a longer term – uh, approach this, yeah. So th- you're you're looking more through to the next cycle, hundred percent. Because he is committed to 2025. He's, geez, some player, isn't he? He's you know, someone who can play at fullback, can play on the wing, can play in midfield. Uh, the guy's a giant, uh, you know, with a skill set to match. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, hey, good Canes boy. Can you guarantee he'll stay in Arakan's country? He won't venture north like older brother. Well, that's a that's the million dollar question because that's what yeah. it's worth to them is a million dollars if they go and have a sabbatical. And why why wouldn't he think about maybe going up to Japan and playing a bit of touch um, and picking up some cash? That's 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 what they do. But they come back as we've seen with Damien McKenzie, and it just takes them a little bit longer to get yeah. back in. I'm thinking, 
like with Geordie Barrett's contract, because he isn't, you know, one of those younger guys that they're trying to sign, he's probably putting that together where he says, yeah, I'll sign th- through to the next World Cup of 2027, but I want to head to Japan in this year and I want to maybe look at going up to France in this year um, before I come back and, and, and settle down in that, what, 18 months out from the 27 World Cup. So, um, and if I was... Sort of Artie Savier-like. 100%. Artie Savier's, I, I, think, I think he's got an option to go overseas next year, doesn't he? In 2024 and then we'll come back for 2025. Yeah, look, I'm I'm thinking more around too about Razor and and what he's thinking as far as starting to get a little bit of because he's got to have yeah. to have a bit of experience too. You know, we're going to lose a lot of players, aren't we? After the after this World Cup, that are stepping out in key positions, locks, halfbacks, five eights, you know, um, and then we've got all these younger blokes coming through in the centres and that. I just think that you've got to sign Geordie up. Like it. Uh, you've heard from Kempe. I've gone with a first five. Just give me a first five. Uh, Damien McKenzie would be really really nice. Um, we don't have any first five signed beyond uh, this season as far as players with international experience for, by my count. I'm considering Pira Federer a fullback who can play first five. He, of course, signed for next year. If you heard from us, it is our can't wait question of the day. We can't wait to hear from you on double eight double three. Send through your messages now, or you can pick up the phone, give us a call. We're not scary. We're not going to bite, unless, of course, you ask, on the Kenno Tire phone line. Uh, but right now, let's uh, head off to the wonderful, the magnificent, my great mate, my former colleague, my current colleague, because I'm actually working uh, on breakfast. Here is Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Uh, we've got lots for you to enjoy after 7 o'clock. Musselis and Andrew Webster from the Warriors, who are dizzying heights in the NRL. Their head coach joins us. We'll have uh, Kempi off the back fence for you too in the next hour. Uh, we will also catch up with, uh, as Kempi pointed out, Cortez Ratima, who scored a very important try really nicely uh, worked uh, off the back of the scrum. Key moment in the big win over the uh, over the Hurricanes for the Chiefs. Chiefs are now seven and zero oh in Super Rugby. Catch up with the uh, halfback uh, about twenty to eight. Well, after eight o'clock, we'll talk some football uh, with uh, a man who's uh, guided the Wellington Phoenix to heights they have not yet uh, reached since his departure, and of course, of all whites' fame, one Mr. Ricky Herbert. Can't wait to catch up with uh, him. But right now, right now, is he? hurriedly backtracks on his beautifully manicured run sheet prepared by the crew. Uh, Let's get to the headlines with Joe. Power your business with Bunnings Trade. Power pass. Come on down, soldier. (laughs) Thanks, mate. Well, (laughs) as he alluded to before, Arsenal missed a penalty and threw away a two-goal lead (laughs) to choke. I mean, to finish two all with West Ham. That will make Gunners fans nervous ahead of their April 27th clash against City as they now only sit four points clear at the top of the table with City having a game in hand. And one man who didn't choke was Andre Rublev. He claimed his first Masters 1000 title coming back from 4-1 down in the third set to beat teenager Holger Rune, who did choke, in the Monte Carlo Carlo Masters final. And the tactics moved into second place on their ANZ Premiership ladder after storming back yesterday in the second half to beat the Magic 49-46. to 46. Those are your headlines. Thanks to Bunnings Trade. Trade and builders, power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Brilliant stuff. Nothing like giving it to, you know, Arsenal fans. <laughs> Especially when your team's mid-table mediocrity like mine. The Hammers. The Hammers have come back and, and uh, like you said, throwing a real spin in the work. Sucker had a chance to take it out the 3-1 too, Dan, didn't he? With a missed penalty. Um... Like he'd be honestly, he'd be pulling his hair out all week. Last week was a talk about Arsenal having this to to wrap up, 
and the mm. better run home. They go and lose that one to the Hammers, and now Man City is sitting there. Earl Haaland, he's just rubbing his hands going, just let me at him. He'll probably get a hat-trick in that game, you reckon? Yeah. Oh, mate, the guy's got 45 goals already. It's crazy. There's 15 games available to Man City if they play all games possible. Uh, I, I made the, the, the wild prediction on the Saturday session, which, by the way, Kimby, what a magnificent program that is on Saturday between 10 and 1 on this very station. Always listening. Uh, I, I, I made the, the bold prediction. Basically, I was taking the piss. I said he'll score 60 goals this year. I'm looking like a genius. The, the guy's on track for it. Uh, incredible. The guy's a machine. There's Absolute a, machine. There's a question. It'd be good to get your thoughts, Dan. Last week, we had a, a journalist in from Manchester talking to us on the radio, and I threw it out there. The GOAT is Haaland the actual goat of strikers ever to come through the EPL. And I named a few, you know, Van Nistelrooy, um, you know, Shearer, you got even Andy Cole when he was playing around, um, Burkamp. And then you had throwing Haaland, and he's, what, for me, on, if he does hit 60 goals, he becomes the goat of all strikers to ever sign in that comp, I think. Based, based on one season? See, see I, I, I value longevity. Um, but I don't think it needs to be a 10, 15-year career here, Kempe, for him to hit that high. It could only, be, it might only be five or six. You look what Mo Salah has done for Liverpool over five years. It's incredible if, if he can do it for five years. He's right in that conversation right now, but I still probably have. And I know a lot of people will have Alan Shearer, number one. Uh, I like va-va-voom. I, like I, I, I like my Frenchman, Mr. Thierry Henry. Yeah, and, and we did mention He still makes Terry my heart. Too. He makes my loins move still <laughs> to this very day. I hear, I hear on the on the in the one season he becomes a goat. Well, I think if you score sixty and no one else has done it, of course he's a, he is. And I get the Kelly Slater mm-hmm. analogy too. You know, until he's around till he's fifty one, playing in the EPL, he probably won't get it. But man, he's had some good ones go before him. I just think the amount of goals and the ease he scores goals in. Like he's got to be right up there as one of the best that have yeah. played in that comp. That comp's changed a lot too from when I used to watch it with Eric Cantona jumping over fences and doing <laughs> Tai Chi. Um, you know what I mean? It's a, was it's, that Tai Chi? It was too, well, that was the French Tai Chi serene. Tai Chi serene. You're supposed to get yourself in a happy place. Mate, Eric Cantona went all Carl Douglas kung fu fighting, <laughs> did. didn't he? He did. He did. He, he went. What would happen these days? I, I, you must do the most violent Tai Chi the world has ever seen. I'm trying. I'm trying to keep. I'm trying to keep it civil here and bring back those memories of Eric Cantona getting over that fence. I didn't know he was a hurdler in his early days at school. Yeah, for the young kids um, listening, uh, just go to the Google machine and type in Eric Cantona Kung Fu Kick. Um, your mind will probably blow up. Um, <laughs> uh, just an incredible moment uh, for sure. We are now 22 minutes away from 7 o'clock. Uh, reminder of our Can't Wait question of the day, uh, based on uh, the announcement last night on the breakdown on Sky, uh, four-year deal through to the next World Cup for Rico Ioane. Uh, we're putting you, you the listener in charge of uh, New Zealand Rugby, who do you want to re-sign through to the end of the next World Cup cycle? Uh, Kempe's going, right, just extend uh, Geordie Barrett. He loves him. I want a first five. Anyone, any good one will do, uh, especially if you're Damian McKenzie with uh, a couple of others, uh, future surely, already surely, decided. Surely, Dan, the Crusaders have poached every best first five in New Zealand. They must, must be running around. Must Poaching! Be, must Isn't be that around generally how, how, that's, how that's responded to? <laughs> Poaching! Poaching! What are you talking about? Oh, they're the best at it. They are. They're magnificent, you know. 
Come down, play rugby. We'll throw in a university education as well, which other franchises cannot do. You know, things like that. Fantastic stuff. Brilliant. Uh, it's time for an ad break before actually uh, Izzy calls from France and complains. <laughs> is that right? Is that where, is that where I we're going? I can guarantee you he's not calling today. I was talking to him. <laughs> I was talking to him last night. He is definitely sleeping. <laughs> How's he doing? Oh, he's loving it, mate. He's he's been over yeah. here for two weeks now. He's absolutely loving it. Um, getting getting cultured, put it that way, with all these uh, flash joints that he's staying at and eating at and. Uh, Filming, um, I've worked out like because that's the million dollar question, Dan. Like, what is he doing? Like, is it a sports show? <laughs> <laughs> is it a travel show? You know what I mean? What is what is it? Yeah. What is it that him and Beaver are up there doing? And, and yeah. I've sort of decided it's a travel show because man, he's doing some, he's, he's bigger than selling too good. He's going everywhere, man. <laughs> selling too good reference, magnificent. <laughs> my day is made, my week is made, my year is made. Kids, look up Salwin too good too. Too good, he was. Absolutely. Um, the million-dollar question for me is, uh, will Kempi and Daniel actually watch whatever they're producing, uh, knowing full well the answer is no. Uh, up next, uh, it's time for the Chemist Warehouse Quiz. Take on the Quizmaster, and you could win a $50 TAV bonus bet. Call now. You've been warned. 0800 150 811. Go on. Come on, Leroy. This is how you do it. Quizzy, they come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that can play it. Quiz is on the line. Just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it. Quizzy, they come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yeah, that's right. Get on the blower and give us a call. And if you're a new caller, we'll chuck you straight to the top. 0800 150 811. We got the Kempi quiz. And of course, we got Dan McCarty, who's going to be throwing out the clues. Dan! The hard man, if they're too hard, will hand you up an opportunity to win a $50 bonus bet with the TAB. Let's go to the lines, and I'm looking at a bit of footage from Friday night last week, Ed. How are you, mate? Did you Are those dancing okay, shoes you took down there to Cambridge, were they? Did you lose them, or did you take them home with you? <laughs> what? You're still recovering. Am I on the radio? Yeah, yeah you wake are. up, oh. wake up, Ed. Oh, morning, the bros. My bro just walked into work. I was just saying hello, and I didn't realise I was. Oh, sorry, bro. What's happening? Yeah, there you go. Oh, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what's happening. You're trying to win fifty bucks here, and I'm going to get to the first question, and we'll see how good you go. Here we, here we go. Pakistan won by thirty-eight runs in a T20 against the Black Caps yesterday. Which team is currently number one on the World T20 rankings? Um, this is going to be a guess. Um, you want a hint? India. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah, Dan, boy. hey, Dan, Dan, don't worry. This is the best quiz in the world, mate. They're sharp, these fellas. Let's go. Mate, I was about, my hint was going to be they don't like Pakistan. <laughs> hey, that's him. Well, here we go. He might, need a, he might need a tip on this one. How many draws have the Wellington Phoenix had in 2023? The men's? Yep. Oh, have they had draws? Uh, that's another guess, okay. Um... 
Unlucky it. Kakite. Go and, go and sharpen up those shoes for the next one next year. Here we go. We're going to go to have Mark a, and Toad on. Have a coffee here too. Have a coffee, <laughs> I would suggest. Morning, Mark. Morning, boys. I've got no idea. Any clues there, Mr. McCarty? Played 24 games. They've won eight and lost eight. Eight. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Very clear. That's the season. Yeah. How many this year? Oh, this year? Just this year. Oh, God. I, mate, no help from me, Mark. You're on your own, soldier. And we'll go eight. We'll never get to eight. <laughs> he, threw, he threw you under the bus there, Marky. Unlucky. All right, here we go. No, I, I blame whoever's writing the scripts again. Let's go. That's the second black mark against their name. That's, hey, boys, you want a hat trick, fellas? All right, he's on one. Here's Lammy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Lammy, you must know from Naughty, how many draws have the Wellington oh. Phoenix had in 2023? Oh, jeez. I wouldn't have a clue, but I'll go six, brother. No. I'll try not to say that one <laughs> too loud. All right, we're going to Brenton. Brenton. <clears throat> how many draws have hey, the Wellington right. Phoenix had in 2023? Oh, I don't know either. Maybe about three, I think, is my guess. Oh, yeah. Everyone knew that. Everyone knew it was three. Well done, you. Who won the Monte Carlo Masters in the men's singles? Oh, I don't know. Can I have a clue? Oh, um, mm, mm, two syllables. Mm, <laughs> European. Fifth seed. Andre Alex Rublev Andre Rublev was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you clip that Okay here we go Question number four Who won the UFC's main event Kansas City this weekend Still got it oh, I don't know Don't know um, Have a good day boys <laughs> Unlucky Brent. We're going to Chris and We're going to Chris and Foxton Who won the UFC's main event Chris in Kansas City On the weekend Old boy still got it. Um, Israel Now that was the weekend before. We're going to go to Leroy. Here we go, Leroy. This is your big moment, son. Don't let me down. Who won the main event in Kansas City? Yeah, he's a Hawaiian. No idea. Compete. <laughs> he's a Hawaiian. No, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. I don't know. No, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> unlucky, Leroy. Phone back in tomorrow, mate. Oh, I was going to give him a. I was going to give him a hint. Yeah, don't worry. He's out. He's gone. We go to Richie. He'll ask for okay. a hint if he needs one. Richie, he's got to get this. Who won the UFC event in Kansas City, Richie? Uh, Max Holloway. Bang. Yes. Rob, yeah. Rob, Rob McEl, um, McKinney and Ryan Reynolds have been given the Freedom of Wrexham Award for the efforts for their new football team. Which popular sitcom dot does uh, McElhenney star in? Uh, something from Manhattan. Come on, bird. Come on, bird. Hey, bird. Come on, bird, that's it. Larry Bird. Um, nah, no idea. <laughs> Here we go, Richie and Upper Hutt. It's only been on for 17 seasons. Simon, Simon from Auckland. Here we go, Simon. Here's the one. You're just going to get this to get a $50 bonus bet from TAB. McEarney and Reynolds have been given the Freedom of Wrexham Award for their efforts on their football team. Which popular sitcom did McEarney star in? Uh, 
created rights. It's always sunny here in Wellington to set of interest. Yep, love a cheesesteak. You got that, Simon? Seems like he's dropped off. Are you there, Simon? We'll go to, we'll go to Brett from Huntley. Oh. Uncle Brett. Here we go, Uncle Brett. Simon says nothing. That's what. That's your punishment, Simon. You're gone, Burger. <laughs> Come on, let's get through this. Mercury and Reynolds got the Freedom of Rexon Award. Brett, what did he star in Mercury in that sitcom, popular sitcom? Nah, I don't know either. Uh, obviously, I didn't watch it. <laughs> it must not be on Sky Sports. There <laughs> we go. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to keep that one, and we're going to take it till tomorrow. We're going to do a $100 bonus bet tomorrow. Um, you're all not onto it today, and that question there, even I didn't know that one. We're going to take a break. We'll come back straight after this. You are with uh, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, just with Daniel McCarty, unfortunately for you all. It is uh, coming up towards the top of the hour. We'll head off uh, to news shortly. Coming up after 7 o'clock, Andrew Webster, the Warriors head coach, to join us. Can't wait to chat with him about quarter past seven. Prior to that, uh, off the back fence with our dear friend, uh, Mr. Tony Kemp, and he's first. He's, he's limbering up now, stretching. Don't pull a hammy, Kempi. Please. Please don't. Uh, Cortez Ratima from the Chiefs also to drop by before 8 o'clock after 8. Ricky Herbert to talk some football with us. Remember to call anytime on the Kennards Hire phone line. Kennards Hire is hiring big. Visit kennardshire.co.nz. Our number is 0800 150 811. Or give us a text on 8833. We've got this beauty from an unnamed texter. Always add your name and where you're texting from. What do you reckon, Hoka Ticker? Money or the bag tag? <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a new segment. There's a new segment on the show. 100% money or the bag tag. He does remind me of Sal. I'm too good too. Don't worry, the dagger. Fantastic. But right now, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Four minutes after 7am, very good morning to my fellow Aotearovians out there if you're waking up and welcome to a new week. Hope your weekend was as splendid as Kempi and mine. My name is Daniel McCarty, honour, privilege, treat for these guys to work with me today. <clears throat> he says rather humbly. No, in all seriousness, utterly delighted to be alongside the great man Kempi uh, through to 9 o'clock. We've got a great um, last couple of hours lined up for you. Andrew Webster. He is standing by. He's going to join us in about 10 minutes' time. Uh, we'll go inside the Chiefs' camp after they made it 7 from 7 with four wins now against New Zealand sides. Can you smell an unbeaten season? Well, some in the, uh, the media courts are starting to, to talk like that. I, I wonder if there's any buzz like that within the Chiefs' camp. No, camp. We'll find out from uh, Cortez Ratima about 20 to 8 o'clock. And Mr. Ricky Herbert. Footballing royalty on the show after 8 o'clock. Can't wait to catch up with him. Keep your texts rolling in, please. Our um, can't wait question of the day. Rico Ioane re-signed through to the next World Cup cycle. If you are in charge, our wonderful audience, wonderful listeners, if you're in charge of New Zealand rugby, you have a bucket load of cash. Who are you, um, you know, dropping the boat on the lawn, Melbourne Storm style too? Or are you backing up the truck to who? Whose house are you going to? Which player? Uh, Kimby uh, wants Geordie Barrett re-signed longer term than he currently is. Uh, I've gone Damien McKenzie. Why? I really like first 5.8s, especially when we don't have any signed. 
Uh, what say you? Double eight, double three, Temper Bed Post Text Machine. We want to hear your thoughts. Uh, Christos writes, Morning, boys. When is Scott Barrett signed to? Just out of interest. Um, because you asked so nicely, Christos, uh, he is signed through to 2025. Mm, so are you re signing him for another couple of years beyond that? He also asks, Who's the next captain? Question mark. If not, who? Kempe, you, you've already floated a, a future captain, haven't you? Yeah, look, I. I would love to have Geordie Barrett there as a future captain, but Scott Barrett is, I think, the uh, front runner there. Um, but closely supported, I think, to the next World Cup because both of those Barrett boys only signed at 25, is Samasone Tokuiho. I think, you know, when you're looking at we're signing this player, an attacking, defensive, articulate bloke um, like Samasone, you've got to be ball on the field. You've got to be thinking <laughs> they're thinking future captain. Come follow me. He's a come follow me type oh, player 100%. on the field now, isn't he? Not. Yeah, he's uh, he's a great re-signing. So he and uh, Yuani are the two are locked up through to the next World Cup in 2027. What say you, listeners? Double eight, double three. Get your nominations, suggestions through. No wrong answers here. Um, unless you can be. Um, speaking of, here he is. The shirt is off. The singlet is out. <laughs> the guns are on display. They're impressive. It must be time. The back fence with Tony Kemp. I like that, Neeps. There's a bit of uh, Puff Daddy scratching on that uh, off the back fence to enter that. Look, if we're talking major upsets, then this weekend is throwing up more than one example. These are examples that show us that there's more than a little space in 2023 for the underdog to get the job done. Joe Joyce, for instance, found out the hard way that a 39-year-old journeyman, yep, there's still hope for you yet, Dan, with an experienced <laughs> jab, can not only close your eyes, but he can also cause an upset. More to the point, he showed that the actual effective delivery of the punch is way more lethal than the odds of to bet to double your money. Lucky you if you're back yesterday's champion. And the Warriors, well, they also showed us that they could withstand more punches than anyone else when they beat all the stats to get the two points against the much-vaunted Cowboys. Heading towards what seemed to be an inevitable knockout blow, the Warriors simply wore them down and beat the Cowboys to the punch. They upset... The apple cart, so to speak, by sending the Cowboys packing with impressive resilience, but repelling set upon the set defensively to get those two points. And I, for one, am so happy to see them developing their defensive skills. There's certainly more to come. So I'm wondering, could this mean that the Warriors are pound for pound the best team in the NRL after week seven? A quarter of the way through the NRL season now, the next three weeks will be very telling. I think that the current Warriors team is looking a little bit more like Muhammad Ali than a Joe Joyce, and I'm loving it. Let's hope they rope a few more dopes before they get a bye. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Well, I hope their face doesn't look like Joe Joyce's uh, after terrible. the next month of footy. His face was annihilated. Um, huge swollen eye, big welts above the nose. The nose is spread across his face. His mum, Marvel, didn't seem all that bothered, though, Kempe, did she? No. She rudely interrupted in an in-ring interview, questioning the decision to stop the fight. It's like, Mum, look at your son's face. Yeah. It's all over the ring. And the doctor did that, didn't he? And he pulled, it, he pulled the pin on it uh, and yeah. gave the fight to the big Chinaman, who I just thought was outstanding. But when I was watching that, Dan, I got to thinking about the competition and the makeup after seven weeks, and now you're starting to see some mm. resilience in and around that competition. And the big boys, like have a look at Newcastle and Penrith, for instance. 
Like Penrith, Newcastle have that one with two minutes to go, they kick a field goal. Penrith come back, Nathan Cleary, you know, ice running through his veins. He goes, we'll just take it the extra golden point and then kicks a golden point winner. So he kicks two drop goals to beat them. Um, and I think at the competition at the moment, there isn't a knockout punch being delivered by a Penrith that has been done over the last couple of years. So looking at the Warriors and their win on Saturday night, which was ugly, which wasn't the best looking game to watch, but 17 tackles and getting that job done, it's got to be, it's got to take more than just someone coming out there and throwing a few punches to beat this side this year, I think. Yeah, they're, yeah they're, they're, they're winning those tough ones, Kempe. I think four of the five wins, 10 points or less, really good sign. You're winning close games. Uh, the defence has been pretty stoic and consistent. Um, I, I see where you're coming from. As I said at the top of the show, I, I'm taking a bit of a breath and actually waiting to see how they go over the next month or so because we are going to see more of the uh, the elite sides. As, as far as the ladder is presenting itself right now, um, you know, as it's currently constituted, I think just the win against the Sharks um, sides who currently sit in the eight. Granted, the Warriors have helped put those sides uh, out of the eight, haven't they, by um, getting the job done. But wonderful. What, the atmosphere looked pretty good. 23,000 in. People just full of pride and joy again isn't it great to see and I always you know I always want the Warriors to do well because I just love their fan base the, the one New Zealand Warriors fan base is just awesome well, they've, they've been through a lot 23,000 fans biggest event attended on the weekend um, and of course tribal vocal so much noise I haven't heard them blow up so much of the referee for a long time mind you it's only the second game we've had at home this year and we haven't had many over the last three so it's a um, it's really good to see that they're coming out in their droves to support the Warriors side. And I can tell you, Dan, if they continue to win, you're not going to get a seat. You're going to, you're going to, be, buying, no. you're going to be buying your seats pre, I, I guess, four or five games ahead of themselves because no doubt, like you're talk, talking about it, over the next three weeks, Sydney City, Penrith, um, and then amongst those, those sides to try and beat, it's going to be a really tough four weeks for them because they've got Canterbury at the back end before they go into the bye. Um, and you're dead right, that game on the weekend was a must-win game. They had to win that one to stay in touch uh, with what's coming up. But look, after watching the game on, games on the weekend, though, the Roosters, the Roosters lost, you know, you've got Penrith struggling um, against Newcastle. They're a chance. Yeah, absolutely. You've heard from Kempe, what say you? Double eight, double three. Give us a text on the Timber Bed Post now, text machine. Uh, or you can pick up the phone, 0800 You may just want to hold on that last option, though, because I'm pretty sure you want to hear from the man who's going to join us next after this very break. We're going to talk more about the Warriors with their head coach, Andrew Webster. Can't wait for that. You're listening to Chicks Notes. Daniel and Kempe for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. <laughs> There you are, 17 minutes after 7. Daniel McCarty with the honour of being alongside Kempe this morning through to 9 o'clock. Keep your messages rolling into the Attempt Bird Post text machine. Our next guest will uh, be eager to hear a couple of them on the back of uh, Kempe's opinion piece. Uh, we've got one here saying the Roosters will be a sellout. And Tim writes on double eight double three. I think the Warriors are going to beat the Storm on Anzac Day for the first time. And how long, Kempe? Oh, it's correct. Too, I think, too long. I, I think the... I th- yeah, too long is the correct answer there. Yes, the vintage, that is the 2023 Warriors, uh, look like um, you know a bottle that you want to get and hold on to uh, based on what we have seen through the early stages of the season. Only a few minutes into the game over the weekend in front of a big crowd in Auckland. They took the lead. It wasn't perfect, but hey, what is? They've won 22 points to 14 over the Cowboys. Uh, I'm sure their head coach, Andrew Webster, still sees plenty of things to work on, but uh, nonetheless will be proud of a winning effort from his side. And guess what? Andrew Webster joins the program. Good morning, Andrew. Appreciate your time. 
Morning. Thank you for having me. Hey, Webby, it's Kemby, mate. Um, thanks a lot for coming in. You must be happy with the defensive display uh, on the weekend, especially by the edges. I thought Sean and uh, Mr Walker pulled off some very big tackles. Yeah, they did, mate. They did. Um, the, the Cowboys, um, I think probably their strength is the way they move the ball, um, particularly when you add Drinkwater, who's been obviously suspended within playing last time, and he's, he's back, and the way they move the ball, you've got to make sure your edges know what they're doing. Um, it's a bit of a team effort too because we spoke a lot about our middles pressuring from the inside and making sure that they're playing early to give our edges times. But we knew that our edges were going to have to make some really big tackles at, um, at some stage and um, they certainly did that. Mate, you got the start right. You must be happy that, about that. First time in seven weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. When we scored first, I was like, do we know what to do now? And uh, <laughs> at times we looked like we didn't. But um, no, we got it. We got it done, mate. We got it done. We got it. We got to start right, so that was good. Yeah. Look, you're sitting uh, second on the table, Webby. It's a pretty congested board. It's uh, six six points that split the first uh, fifteen sides. Mate, what have you noticed about the competition this year? Like, what what has been sort of the biggest um, shift for you, either defensively and office or offensively? Uh, I think. I think it kind of happened last year a bit too, Kenby, but I've noticed just like just how harsh the referees are on those yardage penalties. Just like honestly, um, we obviously get the eagle cam every week, and we can see we can see when you leave. Um, they said at the start of the in the preseason that you had to have your full body behind the behind the referee, and they've been really harsh on on that. So like. They, our kick chase has been really good. We've been putting teams in the corners and been really happy with that. And we've been letting teams off. And I've noticed it across the whole NRL. It's happening a lot. But it's probably less ball in play because the referees sort of adjudicating and maybe the teams haven't adapted like ourselves enough to that. Um, so, yeah, just letting teams off the hook a lot through, through that. I, I think that's one thing. I think um, the ball movement um, on try lines been really side to side. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying that's a poor tactic. I'm just more saying I think teams are more confident to use football. Um, and I still think a lot of teams are still working it out. Can be, if I'm being honest, I, I don't think everyone 100% knows just how they how they want to play it. Uh, I think they've got an idea in their head, but they're still trying to just work it out a little bit um, around what their strengths are and what what defensive patterns are doing. Uh, speaking of your patterns, uh, you know, you're completing at a very high rate. I, I haven't checked the stats, but I'm assuming you, you're probably one or two in, in that facet. But what I really enjoyed, um, you know, some of the broken play opportunities. I'm thinking of Tua Harris, you know, makes that lovely sort of slide to the left. Okay, the pass goes to ground, but, uh, you know, you pick up Montoya, then throws those two enormous fins. Has he just been wandering around with the right arm, fle- the, the right arm <laughs> flexed after that? that? That was some run to, to then, um, you know, put the winger away for the try. Mate, I reckon it's a lost art that a player, uh, in Kempi's day, they could all do it, change hands and palm. Yeah. <laughs> and he changed hands twice, fended off, and then goes around the back pass for a try. It was very impressive, very impressive. But, yeah, Mars is uh, a modest man, but I'm sure this week he'll be bragging about that one because it, it was a great moment. Yeah, he picked that <laughs> ball up, didn't he? It was, a, it was a loose pass. He picked it up, and he just put the afterburners on 
and you're right when yep. he, when he's swap, swap, um, swapping hands with the football. I was thinking, where's he going to it next? And then to pull that that drag <laughs> drag pass off the ground to Ed Cossey on the inside, mate. That'll go down on one of his uh, his reels. I'm sure his grandkids will get to see that for years to come. Just, oh yeah. Just talk to us about that. You made some changes, um, but you should be getting some injuries back. Noor Kore, Barna, Egan, uh, Egan, are they back this week against the Storm? Uh, Egan and Maratha will definitely be back. Um, Mitch Marnett, um, we're just going to keep giving him some time. Uh, I think everyone thinks it's, you know, where, um, you know, what's sort of going on there? Why, why isn't there real clarity there? Because it's the same for us. We don't have great clarity around just how long he's going to need. He's just, he's still sore. Um, and it's just because his neck, we just don't want to, we don't want to make any silly mistakes. But structurally, everything looks really good. Um, there's definitely no problems with the spine, but he's just, yeah, he's still very sore and ginger from that crush that he received in, in round three. Um, but away uh, with the long turnaround, he, he's he's making all the right right things. He's passing everything, and the doctors are happy with him at this stage. And yeah, Maratha from suspension will get him back, so so that's good to get some troops. Twenty three thousand plus fans. How important are they to you? Unbelievable. Yeah, they're they're just. It's just, I don't know, it's just such a different atmosphere now at Smart. They're just so passionate. I reckon every coach should probably be talking bull crap that they say the same thing about their team, but I actually really mean it about our supporters. Um, when the boys ran out, when they were defending the trial line, yeah, the, the, the support the boys were getting was unbelievable. So, um, no, it's, it's really important. I, I'm, I'm hoping that we sell it out fast for the Roosters game. Um, I hope people get in and get their tickets as quick as we can so we can we can have a sold out and have that same atmosphere again and make it as hard as we can for the Chooks when they come come to our place. Before the season starts, it's your job to make people believe, but I'm sure there's always a bit of lingering doubt in players' minds that they can actually do it. Now you're a few games into the season, you're in you know, pretty high heights. Do you sense now an innate self-belief sort of developing in your players? Yeah, I think so. I, I've kind of felt... I kind of felt it before round one, so I, I said, I said to the boys, look, day one when I came, I said, I don't know if any of you believe here that we can win the competition. I don't know, you know, what you're feeling. Some of you might be scarred. Some of you might be new to the club. Some of you might be like, yeah, I reckon we can win it easy. Like I, I don't know what you're thinking, but our, if we train hard enough and we do enough reps at a high quality and a high intensity. Um, then your belief will actually go through the roof. You've got this real confidence in your own ability because you've done so many reps and you you get out on the field and you actually go, this is actually easier than training because um, we have, we've trained really hard. So um, I said, that's, I think that's where your belief and your confidence will come from. And then when you start winning games, um, the, the confidence will even go even higher. So um, we haven't actually won a game and walked away probably very happy with the complete performance. Right. We haven't put one together yet. I think North Queensland, when we played them up there, was probably our closest to our best game. Um, but we haven't really put our best performance together. So we're still chasing that. We're, we're trying to chase perfection. We know we'll never, ever be perfect, but we're trying to get as close as we can because um, that's what you've got to do to be one of the top teams. You've got a bit of extra preparation time ahead of April 25th, the game against the Storm. Dun, 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 is generally what the organ would say <laughs> in the history of the Warriors. 
<laughs> so it was a, it was a point a minute last year. Really entertaining. Eighty points over eighty minutes. The Storm got seventy of them, of course. Um, what's go, what's going to be different in twenty twenty three? Because this game is in the mind of Warriors fans. Yeah, I can I can understand that. I mean, I wasn't here, so I can't even tell you. I don't think I even watched the game. So um, I know I've seen don't. the scoreboard. Uh, no, I won't watch it. I'll stay away from that one. Uh, I don't know. I think it's what's different is what all the fans should see in our place. Should understand is we're a different team. Um, that probably gets boring for people here, but it's the truth. Like, got so many players here that didn't play in that game and don't have scones from that. Um, and they're they're a different team. What was too. it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, mate, you lost me. Yeah, sorry about that. sorry about. No, that. we got Where you. We got you. Just dropped out there for a second. Oh, uh, sorry, but I was just saying. Look. I, Sure, they're scarring, but we're a different side. I mean, there's lots of players in our team that didn't play in that game. Um, you know, Melbourne are a different team too. So, um, I, I heard the boys believe. Like, I want us to go there, and I, I can't remember the last time the Warriors won won in Melbourne. So that 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 that's the next challenge for us, and that's what we want to try to achieve. It'd be particularly on Anzac Day. I'm, I've been there as an assistant coach in the past with the um, how cool the lighting is, and the moment, and the occasion, and yeah, it's. it's it's pretty cool, so to come away with the points, that would be exciting. It's our local derby, the uh, the Melbourne Storm game, with so many Kiwis you had uh, been before, uh, yep. like Tarwitter and, and Mooks and all them players, you know, um, Webby. So it's going to be a great one. Obviously, there's lots of Melbourne replays too when we do get them, so all the best with that one. Hey, look, I caught yep. up with... Sh- um, Luke Medcalf on the weekend pre-game um, says he's four weeks away before you give him the all-clear to, to test that hamstring out. He seems like a good kid, mate. Are you excited about him uh, playing some football this year? Yeah, definitely. Oh, Luke, Luke's a, just an extreme talent. I think everyone saw in the Tigers game just how fast he is. Um, I think for Luke, is his whole mechanics are changing, the way he's running, and that's not easy. You just can't do that overnight. So we just want to take our time with him. Um, it's frustrating at times, particularly losing to Mighty Martin. Uh, you'd like all your halves available for selection. Um, but, yeah, we, we're trying to make sure for Luke that this um, these injuries don't reoccur all the time. So um, hamstrings are normally like four, four to six weeks, but we're making sure we take our time with him and get him right um, so that doesn't happen again. But, yeah, I'm really excited to see him playing football. I, I think he's got to go back, go back and play reserve grade, otherwise we're going to set him up to fail and then so, so see how quickly he can get back to playing good football and then push for a first-grade spot. Mate, just uh, quickly before we let you go, Dills Walker, you think he he plays origin? Oh, I, I mean, how many good players are there available for origin? And I think every single year there's always talk about who's going to be the number 14 role. Um, and I think the number 14 role, in my opinion, is often selected poorly because the players can't play enough positions um, at a high quality. And literally, I could ask Dylan Walker to play any position, and I reckon he'd play it at an unbelievable level. And he wouldn't need a hell of a lot of reps out of the training either. That's the, that's the crazy bit. Um, so you're at origin, and you don't need to carry two hookers. You can carry one, because Dylan can do that on his ear. And, play, and if everything's fine, he can go and play in the forwards. And he's won grand finals in the centres. And you just saw... You can play him at 5'8". So, look, that, that's just my opinion that he'd be a great number 14. There's a million good ones out there, but he'd be he'd be unbelievable off the bench. 
Yeah, look, I, t- I totally agree. I think he's the best number 14 running around currently after the first seven rounds. Hey, Webby, thanks for joining us. I know you've got an extended break. Boys have got three days off. A couple of them are down in Queenstown at the moment. Um, and the game kicks off next Tuesday night. The Anzac Clash, the big one against Melbourne. We'll call it here on SENZ. Mate, go and enjoy yourself for the next couple of days. Take, take a break because you're going to need it. Yeah, exactly. Thank you very much, guys. Catch you later. See ya. Our pleasure, Andrew. Thanks so much for taking the time and dropping by and dropping some knowledge on us. Do appreciate it. Yep, uh, April 25th hasn't been a happy uh, game for the Warriors over the last seven years. The average score, 41 points to 10, but you uh, feel the side. You only need to listen to Andrew Webster over 10 minutes to know the page has been turned and things are quite different. Uh, we, again, appreciate his time. 29 minutes away from 8 o'clock. Uh, it is time to move on. Uh, although you can react to that, pick up the phone 0800 or text us, double eight double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine. But here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. <laughs> Twenty-seven away from eight o'clock again. Andrew Webster on the program a short time ago. I appreciate his time. A few questions are coming out to you, Kimpy, specifically. I'll answer one of them though. Someone asked, "When was the last time the Warriors beat the, the Storm on Anzac Day?" Twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen, yeah. and then the next year they didn't even play that game because you know the Storm were like, "Oh, we, we can't we can't lose on Anzac Day anymore." And we played the Titans, and then and then uh, from twenty sixteen onwards, uh, it's been a regular fixture. Uh, 42-0 to the Storm that year, 2014. The following year, 50 points to 10. The following year, 13-12 and 2019. Almost got over the line, 50 points to 6. 42-20 in 2021. And last year, Nadar, 70 points to 10. I remember that. Yeah, remember that the anger of people? Remember the anger? Oh, it was Calls? a terrible, it was a terrible time. streaming in? Yeah, it was a yeah. terrible time. I was actually doing a Zoom call. Um, I just started for SENZ then and I was zooming in to do the uh, sort of the updates with Cameron George then when they were under so much pressure um, guarantee you now those media scrums would be a walk in a park compared to what it was like that time <laughs> uh, last year 70 point drubbing but well, look I, I just really Dan what what scares me sometimes is when Melbourne are coming off a loss and you're heading over there and belly aches got stuck into them, is you just don't know what you what you what you're up for. But having North Cordier back, I think Egan back, he's just basically told us that Mitch Barnett won't be coming back in. I just think yep. having those two senior blokes is going to help them out a, a hell of a lot. Yeah, no doubt. Get to some of those questions and put them to Gimpy as the show progresses. Keep your thoughts coming through to double eight double three. Uh, right now, time to go to the headlines with Joe with Ken Attire. Ken Attire, too easy weekend. Hello, Joe. Hello. Well, if you're waking up just now with a sporting hangover, you might have missed All Black star Riku Oani has committed to the All Blacks for the next Rugby World Cup cycle. New Zealand Rugby announced on Sunday that 26-year-old has signed with them until 2027. And we were also talking in the program about how Arsenal are massive chokers at the moment. Oh, that sounds more like a vomit. Sorry, boys. I had a big weekend myself. A terrible furball. Yeah, not a good one. They went down 2-1 uh, this morning. But also, they drew uh, two all. Chelsea, however, they coughed up a two goal lead. Yes, though, didn't they? coughed up a two. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, uh, Stephen Lampard is uh, struggling with Chelsea at the moment. The, the temporary manager. They went down. Stephen Lampard, hold oh. the phone. I'm sorry. Oh. Stephen <laughs> Lampard have Stephen Gerrard and Frank Lampard had a child. 
Oh, <laughs> yeah. see, stuff like this happens because it's so early. Even people that yeah like me are used to the four AM wake ups. We make they mistakes. went to the same school, Joe. Dan, Dan and, oh, mate, Dan and Smithy the, went to the I same was, school. Well, I was here at three thirty, mate, because I'm a pro. I I, I was here at three thirty. I didn't see you. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> let's skip that. How is uh, Steve Lampard least anyway? I, at least I know who Frank Lampard is. <laughs> Frank Lampard, he's struggling, all right? Chelsea, you know, they lost again. How good. That's your sports update. Can I hire two easy weekend, two days higher for the price of one for that branch today? Now, boys. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's go to the choices for Hey, involved. Joe. Hey, Joe. I love you. Uh, thank you. Mate, I bro. appreciate it. I kind of yeah. love you too, I guess. <laughs> choices for Impole time. <laughs> to the joy of many, the Super Rugby Games down in Wellington was moved to the early afternoon on Saturday. It was about two o'clock. Uh, the, the Hurricanes played the Chiefs. In your opinion, which sport has the best viewing schedule? Is it Super Rugby? Is it A-League? Is it the NRL, the NBA, or the UFC? What do you think, guys? Well, that's a good question, Joseph. I, look, I, I'm a traditionalist. I like a Sunday afternoon f- um, football game where it's 2 o'clock kickoff yep. and you've got your weekend out of the way and you can just sit down with a nice cold bevy and watch a good game of footy. Whether it's rugby, rugby, rugby union, rugby league, I'm not really bothered. But I think the best play to de- uh, pl- the day to play a game, Dan, is actually daytime, not, not night. I think you get more people invested in the game, um, and especially for rugby league, traditionalists, it's a Sunday afternoon. Well, when it comes to rugby league and rugby, uh, it makes so much sense to play those games, high-contact, abrasive sports, in the best possible conditions. Um, You know, so people don't drop the ball. Um, It's still maddening to me that um, that rugby in particular has bent over... uh, for broadcasters over the years, when you just see, it's just obvious the product is better during the day. Now, why, why does the NFL play most of their games during the day? Some of the sports, right? They, they want to protect their product to make sure it's the best for the fans uh, out there. So, uh, absolutely. Um, but, but that's a really good question because I, I think all of us, um, and, and I'm not just talking about the crew here at SCNZ doing the, this, the best breakfast show the, the station's ever produced, um, I'm talking about those out there listening. It will all be to their personal circumstances. Um, I, I love Sunday afternoon uh, footy. I've got a four and a two-year-old. I can't plan for a Sunday afternoon. I, 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 I watch sport when I can mm. um, and when I'm allowed and when they're asleep which is not enough, especially in their own beds. <laughs> Stay in your own beds, kids. I think I'm projecting here a, a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I love something about, um, you know, Sunday afternoon uh, sport. I like going out. So I, I went and watched a game of rugby Saturday afternoon, but I went to my club. Mm. It was old-timers day. Uh, beautiful sunshine in the river of the South Pacific. Marisol Pat's putting 70 points on North. Hello, Peter. I hope you're doing well. Um, <laughs> but, and I, I, I didn't really feel feel like I was missing out, the, the Canes Chiefs, until I went back and watched the game. Yeah. Really good game of footy. Really good game of footy. Really good crowd. 16,000 plus. Um, you know, just what uh, I, I think uh, we're at the Warriors game number one um, of the season. So the Wellingtonians got out. Um, and of course, they have a, a steadier diet of seeing the Canes at home. Um, you know, there's probably something in it. Under the sun, good conditions. A lot of walk-up fans, I, w- I would think, made up their mind on that day. So I'd be really interested to hear the, these poll results.
Yeah, it's a good it's a good poll, Joe. And I'm like, you know, Neeps doesn't really care as long as he's under he's got his hoodie on, he's under a blanket. He will turn the UFC on. He watch it seven days a week. Yeah, you did right, Kempe. That's that's actually the reason why we asked the question because they've got the most consistent time on a Sunday afternoon. So I think it's interesting. Imagine if rugby took it took a page out of their book. Want to have every game on at the same time? Oh, I wouldn't be mad about it. Back to back to back. No, no, not at the same time, but I just like the afternoon, I think, Daniel. Yeah, but back to back. But but that's the nature of that sport, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely. It's a shorter contest, yeah. and, and you can line up your stars. They're appointment viewing. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That's why they're pay-per-view, pay and that's why people pay for that specifically, because it's, you know, it's such a good product. Over the course of three or four hours, it used to be it used to be either Saturday, Sunday, three o'clock kickoff. So you played with everyone else. They would kick off, and you and the ground announcer where you're playing would just scream the scores out every fifteen minutes. <laughs> Those were the days, Kimpy. Right, uh, get amongst it. Our choices flooring poll. Uh, view choices flooring online magazine with over one hundred inspiring pages at choicesflooring.com. Uh, we've got to take a break. We're getting that break sign. We're really late, apparently. We're in trouble. It's 19 away from eight. <laughs> Cork, call any time on the Kennards Hire phone line 0100 150 811 or send us a text to double eight double three. Can beat. Yes, that's right. And, uh, mate, it was such a good effort by the Chiefs in the second half. They made a statement taking back top spot from the Hurricanes when they went down to the Capitol and got their win. They were out without their coach who wasn't on the sidelines with them. They started slow but scored 25 points. In the second half to maintain their perfect record, halfback Cortez Aratama was one of the try scorers and he's with us this morning to talk about that uh, impressive win from the Chiefs. Morena, Cortez, how are you, mate? You all good? Morena, um, I'm good, thank you. Mate, how's the body feeling? Like, uh, you guys have gone seven on the trot, been pretty physical. Um, yeah, the body's a bit sore than usual um, after, <laughs> after Saturday night. Eh? There's they're some big boys and... Some big bodies, so you're feeling it today. Game of two halves, that old cliche. I'd like to know, though, with your co- I think your coach was actually in his sick bed, wasn't he? So who did the spray at halftime? What was the message at halftime? Because the Canes are really good, and I'm sure you give them credit, but <laughs> I, I, think, I think discipline had cost you quite heavily in that first half and a lack of physicality. So what changed? What, what was the spray like at halftime? Um, it wasn't so much of a spray. It was more... <laughs> More the belief that we we can actually do it, but um, but yeah, and just tidying up a few areas like that, um, yeah, that that really helped out. Mate, what was it like standing behind the? Uh, I guess not not just only your scrum, your forward pack that was so dominant, especially at line out time when you got yeah. those crucial turnovers. You guys talked. Uh, did you talk a hell of a lot about that at halftime, as Dan was saying? Um. Yeah, we did. Um, on oh, I'm more of a back, so I'm in in the backs meeting when we're doing our little unit stuff. But um, yeah, I'd say the boys really targeted that. We got the um, the likes of Toops and and Guzzler there, who and with the All Blacks, so they they got that um that experience and they know what they're up to, eh? 
Yeah, but you're going to hear it from the Fords talking about how they're playing like backs. That little forward interchange with that first try in the second half, you know, the offloading, brilliant, you know, skills. And then Soakula basically took half the Hurricanes forward pack for an Uber ride uh, to the goal line to score the try. But the, the the really big moment, Cortez, is your own try. What we're about around about the hour mark. I think there's only one point in the game at the time. I think you just uh, edged in front. You know, tell us about what you saw on that play. What five or six meters out? Good set piece. You know, what did you see? Um, oh, I was just, really, I just um, was hoping our scrum was going to go forward, to be honest, and um, look for a pushover try. That was the first mindset, and then um, second one, we had a move lined up, but I noticed um, JB Booth had, had slid off and left um, his flank on his own, so I, I just decided to take a chance, and, and it ended up working out, so... Yeah, and it worked out, didn't it? And you got, got that roll on. Hey, Cortez, I'm just going to tack left here for a second. I've got to ask the question. You've got Brad Weber, um, an all-black halfback, sitting up there with you. And, of course, TJ and Cam Roygaard down there have got the same sort of setup. Do you you and Cam Roygaard sort of look at those two players and, and are, you, are you the type that is like your Jack Russell, you're snapping at their ankles, or are you coming over the top by your rock wheeler, mate, and you're just going to get in there and take <laughs> their spots? <laughs> Um, I'm not not too sure to be honest. Um, I'm I'm obviously like really keen for game time and stuff like that. But um, I'm also keen to learn off him and um, yeah, make the use of the time that I get with him before he heads off overseas next next year. You're a diplomat, my friend. You're yes. a diplomat. Okay. I'd like to know who's screaming in the background. Oh, feel the boys walking into <laughs> into training. They must have heard it on the radio. <laughs> Seven and oh. When Happy you days at the Chiefs. <laughs> and it was the yeah, question where it was all about like, you. It was so all about you, Cortez. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Well, it sounds like it's a happy cam, understandably so. Hey, people people start talking about a perfect season. Are you guys? Are you guys talking about being unbeaten? Um no, I think I think for us we we're trying not to get too ahead of ourselves. Um taking one game at a time, eh? And um yeah, hopefully by doing that, sticking to the process, it'll it'll all work out in the end. But yeah, we won't get too far ahead of ourselves. Oh, it's mate, it's an easy run home. Only the drill, the Crusaders, Highlanders, Reds, Canes, Brumbies, and Force, mate. You know, you knock them all off. Fourteen and zero. Happy days. Cortez, thanks so much for dropping by, mate. Give give your teammates some stick for the highly unprofessional behaviour. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, appreciate it. Cheers. Our pleasure. Well done to you and your side. 25 unanswered points in the second half. And even this Hurricanes fan right here can, uh, you know, tip your cap and say, job well done. Uh, they needed a front. That they did. We'll take a break. Nearly eight away from eight. Almost four minutes. In fact, it is. Open your eyes, man. Four minutes after eight o'clock. Kempi, <laughs> I have issues telling the time. I've been doing radio 20 years. I still can't tell the time. There's at least one time. No matter what show I'm on, I'll get the time wrong. It's yep. not almost four minutes after eight. It's definitely four minutes after eight. I can tell you that for a fact. Football to come shortly with the great Ricky Herbert, who's just been appointed All-Whites coach again by Tony Kemp. <laughs> hey, Kempe, while you're there, my friend, a couple of questions and comments have come through directed at you based on your wonderful off-the-back fence. Uh, one from James. It's a two-parter from James. Hi, guys. Can you tell me 
Kempe, why after nine rounds we would have played three teams in the NRL twice. I don't get it when there is 17 teams in the competition. Um, out for me that he is any good, good in top games. I don't know what that means. Uh, but he also adds, do you think the current NRL draw in our favour? I do think the, the current NRL draw after these next four games, um, before they go into their bite, round 12, is looking like it's in our favour. We've got, if you look at the back end of that, Dan, the the Broncos obviously sitting top. I think that'll be a tough game. But we've got teams like the Dolphins, the Raiders, St George, Parramatta, Canberra. You know, a couple of times the Titans and West Tigers in that mix. And currently, on the form that they're in, you'd have to say that they're a very good chance, whether it's home or away, to get those two mm-hmm. points against a majority of those teams. So, look, I just think it's a, one of those um, competitions this year when you've got six points spreading between 1st and 15th. You only have to go on a bad run for a couple of weeks and you can find yourself sitting at the wrong end of the table. Or you go on a you go on a run and get a few wins under your belt and you cement yourself a top four spot. I don't think now it's out of the question. The question should be, not about whether they win the comp, whether they put themselves in a position to win the comp and they can get themselves a four spot. Because given the, yep. the back end of their run home, it looks like most of those teams that they play, and this is to our texter James, they're a, it's a very good draw. They're a good chance of winning them. Yeah, and, and we keep labouring the point about the next uh, allotment of games. Um, Storm, Roosters, Panthers, Bulldogs, Broncos, Dolphins, with a, uh, a buy also in there. Um, Current position on the ladder for those teams. 7th, ninth, 2nd, 13th, 11th, uh, sorry, 1st and 8th. It's the toughest six group of games that they'll have. Any stretch of uh, six games is um, approaching them. So I'm sure they'll meet it with great excitement. Uh, but there are, James, there are competitions that are uneven as far as who you play. Look at the Wellington Phoenix, who I think probably have the biggest um, reason to groan. They play four teams three times. The rest twice. Three of the four teams that they've played three times this year have are currently first, second, and third on the ladder. Yeah. That's pretty darn unlucky. Uh, it? But it's just the nature of the beast. Got another question. Uh, I'll throw it can be a little bit later about the golden points setup. Uh, your thoughts can come through to us on double eight double three on the Temper Bear Post text machine. Keep them coming, whether it's a comment or a question. Uh, we love to hear from you. You can also pick up the phone and call us on 0800-150811. Speaking of the Wellington Phoenix, what a treat to welcome an absolute legend of New Zealand football as far as coaching and playing. Let's not forget that. He uh, led the Wellington Phoenix to sustained success. Three straight uh, finals appearance. And I'm not sure if he'd like, I'm not sure if he's proud of this. He's the last Phoenix coach to actually have won a playoff game. It's probably been too long. I'm sure he would agree. 11 years. It was 2012 when Ricky Herbert's side last won a playoff game. The Wellington Phoenix hoping they get back to the playoff in the final season of uh, Ufuktale. So, a coach is departing. We welcome in a former coach of the Wellington Phoenix. What a treat to have Ricky Herbert on the show. Mr. Herbert, how are you today? Morning, Dan. How are you, mate? Very good, thank you. Oh, we're, we're great. We're great. Um, you know, a really exciting game yesterday, uh, two goals apiece. But I want to talk more broadly, uh, uh, rather than that game, is the snapshot the Wellington Phoenix have had this season. They've got themselves in so many winning positions, but haven't been able to get over the line. So it's not as if you're... Uh, they're not capable of doing it. They're clearly capable. But, you know, teaching and, you know, training players to believe that they can see games out over the last 15 and 20 minutes, how difficult is that from a coaching perspective? Yeah, it's been a challenge for them, I think, this year, Dan, too. And I think, um, you know, 100% right. I think there's been multiple opportunities to 
to probably have had the opportunity to finish in the top two or three this year. Um, and I think just the latter part of the season where uh, I wouldn't say pressure because they've, they've had themselves in good positions, uh, not only on the league table, but they've had the, themselves in good positions in games to sort of dominate, um, you know, run the clock down and, 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 and pick up the majority of points. But, you know, I think they will reflect back, you know, certainly leading in, hopefully leading into the, the, the playoff series again this year that, you know, teams like MacArthur, you know, Brisbane on the weekend, Melbourne victory the week before, teams that have been languishing at the bottom that have probably shown the desperation that's needed um, and, and trying to keep their seasons alive um, have probably been a little bit more affluent in, in, in getting the points and, than what the Phoenix have managed to achieve. Hey, Rick, it's Kempe, mate. What do, you, what do you put it down to? What you put your finger on when they're just not uh, converting those opportunities? You know, they had one on the weekend to win it right into extra time there um, and just couldn't get that that header into the back of the net. What's, as an ex-coach, when you're looking at it, what is the one thing you can put your finger on and say they need to do this better? Yeah, good points can be, and I think it's, you know, it's just that real focus and concentration, you know, and I think it's 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 managing games, and I think it's, you know, we're, we're looking at going into finals football, and I think, um, you know, the the beauty or, or, or non-beauty of, of, of this code is if you position yourself well in the final series, then the opportunity to progress further is, is, is there for you, and, you know, sometimes... You know, like leading on the weekend 2-1 and, and um, you know, other games where they've, you know, been prominent and, and, and had their noses in front. You'd be thinking that, you know, just that organisation and when and whether that's something that's been, you know, sort of um, taken into account, I'm sure it has, you know, through training processes that, you know, at this, at this peak time of the season when results become really crucial because it positions you into a, into a better space if possible, then you would the players would have that real clarity and understanding of this is what we need to do and this is how we need to execute it um, to maximise the points that are available. So um, yeah, hopefully all those things check boxes have been done and, and looked at and and but I guess it's been a few weeks um, where they've let things slip and slide a little bit that have made it um, you know a little bit vulnerable. I think they'll still jump into the six, but um, yeah, it's going right down to the wire. Yeah, it's too close for comfort, I'm sure, from Fatale's uh, perspective. And, and and I guess he's a little bit concerned about the mindset of his players and, and, and them thinking it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that, you know, we're in a winning position, we won't see it out. Because I think they've dropped, you know, 25-plus points from winning positions, Ricky, which is, you know, um, you know quite alarming. Um, but if you take the half-glass-full approach, you're like, gee, we're doing so well to put ourselves in winning uh, positions, and we're dangerous. We can score. We've scored in every single game. So if they get into the playoffs and you're sort of scouting to play against the Wellington Phoenix, should, wouldn't you be a little bit concerned about playing them for their ability to hurt you? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know they had the they really do have their prowess to go forward and 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 hurt you, as you say, Dan. Um, and I think just that fluency. I mean, their their, their play's been good, um, but I think the flip side teams would be looking to think that you know that where that vulnerability sits, and I think it'd be good for that of to probably have been shut down a little bit earlier in the back end of the season. But, um, look, I think, you know, I, I, I honestly think they'll be in the six unless something dramatically goes wrong um, in, in the last two fixtures, which won't be easy. I think they've got Western Sydney away, which will be an interesting one yeah. Um, yeah. in the yeah. next fixture. So, you know, it could well come down to the, 
the last game of the season who grabs that spot. But, um, you know, that's the beauty and, and, and the complexity of the league. But, yeah, look, going into it, I think, you know, most sides um, would be looking at it going, well, let's let's hope we don't we don't draw the Phoenix. They are a side that, that can hurt teams and have probably, you know, hurt teams throughout the season. Um, but I guess it's this back end of this, the, the year now, which has probably let their chances slide of, you know, being in that top three and maybe getting a, a home final. You had a great sustained run. Three straight finals appearances got within a whisker of making a grand final, of course. Uh, only Ufuk Talley's got sort of, um, you know, any sort of symmetry on that. He's he's eyeing up a third finals appearance in four seasons. It will be his last. Um, I don't think any of us are surprised he's moving on. When you, when you hear the, the general manager speak, you know, for, for weeks and months about we're planning for all eventualities, um, how do you rate knowing full well the job isn't yet complete? There's, there's obviously quite a bit of football, but you know, in, 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 when you look at the, the job he's done over a number of years, how, how do you assess the Ufuk Tele era? Yeah, look, I think it's been good, Dan. I think it's you know pro- probably the more pleasing part for me is he's just got on and um, you know developed a way that that Ufuk wants to play, um, and yeah. and I think that's that's to be. Um, has to be applauded. You know, I think he's come in. Um, he has been a guy that's made a big song and dance. I think he's just got on with his work diligently. He's, you know, he's been a manager of a club that, you know, unfortunately, like everyone in the world, has gone through some tricky times with COVID and travel and being positioned in parts of the world that, you know, predominantly with a sports team you wouldn't be. Um, and I think he's dealt with a whole range of things, you know, really professionally and he's... You know, he's been very positive. He's he's elected to to do things and make decisions. Uh, he's made he's made decisions with players, um, which I think's been you know good to see. So I think overall, I think he's you know he's had a good tenure at the club. He's he's been he's been uh, yeah, very refreshing for the club, and I think he's he's brought some new ideas and entities. And you know, I'm I'm sure he'll be you know it'll be a disappointment for him to be leaving the club, but. Um, you know, it's another coach exiting and, you know, some players leaving. Um, and you'd hope sort of moving forward that, you know, just that consistency can stay. And I guess that consistency to retain and, and hold and, uh, you know, the better players at the football club that, you know, they seem to depart and leave on, on, a, on an annual basis. So, you know, hopefully there's a bit of solidity once he moves on, who, whoever that replacement is. And potentially it's going to be somebody from within the, the, the current group because it seems that the appointment is going to be made quite quickly. Yeah, let's hope it, let's hope it goes to someone on on home soil. Just Ricky, being there in those positions, like then why is Anufak Tale our uh, All Whites coach? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think um, a good point, Tony, because people have rung me a million times about it because <laughs> I had the privilege. Of it. <laughs> As Dan knows, I had the privilege of doing that 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 role, and and look, I look, I think um, you know the complexity of it. Would quite simply for me, when you know when I was there, it was new, it was a different idea. We had a we had a number of the the national team players playing at the club, but the, but that also brought some complexity as well. Where you know we didn't have windows of availability, yes. we'd be losing seven seven players to go and play international football, and and two or three of the staff leaving as well. So. There were massive issues that we had to deal with through that, so it certainly wasn't you know plain sailing or, or a really simple task to have. But yeah, look, I think he was targeted. I mean, I don't, 
I, I don't know the reasons, um, you know, whether it had to be a dual role and he only wanted to accept the dual role and his own football didn't. Is the complexity now of the national team bigger? I mean, my first year in the, in the role, we had one game in the year. So, you know, there probably wasn't the challenges there that there, there, there should be today when the windows are being filled and, and the competition for the national team is, you know, pretty prevalent and, and, and quite active. So, um, but yeah, look, he, 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 in my mind, would have been an absolute, you know, front runner um, for the role and how you cut and pasted that role or made it work across both bands uh, would have been a, a very interesting conversation. But um, I, I, I haven't had those conversations with anybody, so I'm a little bit in the dark myself. But it, it is a good point because, you know, he's a coach that I, I think is you know, adjusted to, to life in New Zealand well, um, I would I would think far better than a couple that they've previously had. Yeah, that, that, that is absolutely right. And, you know, for, from conversations I've had around the trips, it seemed like he was very keen on the idea of uh, two roles and it seemed like the, the football club thought it was probably the, be, the best and maybe only way that they would be able to keep him as if uh, New Zealand football could help out. But, uh, you know... Um, it's an interesting one, but the ship has sailed, so to speak. I, I, I do wonder, uh, Mike Rudan is not well-liked for his duplicitous sort of exit. Do you think if Ufuk Talley lands with Sydney FC or Melbourne Victory, as has been rumoured, that he would, he'd get a nice reception? Phoenix fans would kind of would be more palatable to, to um, giving him a, a nice welcome back at Sky Stadium, you'd feel, Ricky? <laughs> Uh, let's uh, let, let's let's hope so, Dan. I think it's yeah. Look, I think it's um, you, you know if you look back over the years, I think that's what you've got to look at and, and, and the work and effort and, and contribution that a coach has made. And um, yeah, look, I think I think he's I think he's done a good job. Um, I think you know he he probably has had opportunities to ma- to maybe have taken this team a little bit further maybe this year. Um, and yeah. if they jump in the six, as as we say, they are going to be a team that I think can rattle the cages of most teams in the competition. So, you know, who's not to say they can't go all the way this year, but, you know, their finals position, or, or, as far as the mainstream competition is concerned, I think it's probably jumped out a little bit further than maybe what it should look like. But it's been a, but it's been a good year for him, and I think he's done, he's done a stellar job. And, look, I'm, sh- I'm sure the crowd will come out and, and acknowledge, you know, should he pick up another A-League team. But, uh, yeah, as you say, probably a little different to, to other people that have been there. Yeah, yeah, Ricky, great to hear your voice. Last question about the EPL. And it looks like your beloved Wolves are going to be fine in the form of uh, former Wolves player. Uh, they've won consecutive games, haven't they? Although they're probably still a little bit close to the relegation zone. But we've been having a little fun at Arsenal fans' expense. They've coughed up a two-goal lead. Um, and now it looks like it's, it's Man City's to win. I, I can't see Man City losing to Arsenal the way they're playing at the moment. Did you feel Arsenal might have just <laughs> choked it away today? Well, let's stay with the Wolves, but Dan, because I kind of like that—that—that—that <laughs> that, um, <laughs> that, that, that they'd won two games in a row, because that's quite a teller too. So, um, yeah, look—I mean, that's a breath of fresh air, and I think you know, let's let's hope they can hang on to the rungs and and, and stay in the league yeah. like they're, they're finishing quite strong. Well, let's hope so. But yeah, look, I think it's um, look, I, I, I look, I I love the way that Arsenal have played. You know, and I think yeah. you know, there, there's there's a really there's a really good story about, you know, the retention of a coach who's who's had some belief and you know, he's put them in the Boy. framework where they've never been they've never been a front runner like that for so many years and I think testament to him and you know, the character and the belief within the club. 
um, not only in the playing staff. So let, let's hope they can they can make it tight and tough and go right to the wire because you know there's always going to be an you know expectancy that Man City are going to be the team that will always win the league. So you know let's let's hope it is a a tough title race right to the end. But yeah, I think they have they probably coughed up a little bit whether that's a bit of pressure or whatever. Um, but interesting to see. But at least it's gone this far in the season. Ricky, great to hear your voice, my friend. Thanks so much for dropping by. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Pleasure, guys. Take care, Ray. Talk soon. We will do. Uh, Ricky Herbert uh, joining us on the program, the former All-White, former Wellington Phoenix coach. Really interesting thoughts, as always. Um, Yeah, it's nice that his former club look like that. They're going to stay up. They are. Wolverhampton Wanderers. I know. My brother's a big fan of Wolves, too. Yeah. I know he's delighted. Simon Mayhew, too, the ex-Kiwi uh, doctor. He's a mad, oh, yeah. a mad, mad Wolves uh, supporter. So there's quite a few of them around, Dan. And it's great talking to Ricky Herbert. Um, we haven't had him on for a little while. And just to get his ins- insights. Like, I, For me, Dan, I don't know why Ifik is not the All-Whites coach. I, I don't know the process that they've gone through to to treat the man who should be the coach the way that he has um, and just to secure him. Because I think if they secured him earlier on, he probably would have stayed, don't you think, at the Phoenix? Well, football heads keep telling me, oh, you can't do two jobs. That's a load of rubbish. And my retort my retort to them is, with the schedule the War Whites currently have, why can you not do two jobs? And no one can answer that question because they can't guarantee me a lot of games. Yeah. So maybe over a couple year period, you could have had a you know quite a decent coach uh, available to you, um, and, and I think you're, I think you are far have a far greater chance of then luring a marquee coach who looks at New Zealand and goes, I could go to a World Cup with them in twelve months, in twelve months time, um, I'll jump on and do that. You know, but maybe I'm living in fantasy world, but but I, I I saw real benefits to it. Now you know both are still on the lookout. Yeah. Because. New Zealand football, you're still looking for a coach, right? You haven't leaked a name to New Zealand media and then not signed that person? Yeah. I know that happened a few weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that wasn't embarrassing at all, was it? No. Uh, it's 23 minutes after 8 o'clock. Uh, we'll follow that with great interest, I'm sure. Uh, we're going to catch up with Pip Morris after this. Time to catch up the TAB. Stay with us. It is 28 minutes after 8 o'clock. Time for our TB catch-up. Not with Pip Morris. I was uh, I was steering the wrong direction. That's three strikes, young man. That's three errors. <laughs> yeah, I'm gone. That's, that's my job. Three. Gone, Burger. Uh, New producer. That's breakfast. That's everything. breakfast. You know that, Dan? That's breakfast if they get yeah. struck out. Oh really? <laughs> or, I, I th- or you get relegated to the Saturday session? I don't. I don't know. Uh, but thank thank heavens, got Paul Moana who joins us. How are you, Paul? Are you good? Yeah, I'm very good. But look, one team that's not going to be relegated, it's the Warriors, because they are on an absolute <laughs> high at the moment. They are flying. And the bookies are, are still not sure. The bookies are uh, 100% respecting them. They're still $1.80 to make the top eight uh, this season, the Warriors. They sit firmly inside that uh, top four uh, on the ladder, but they've got a really, really tough stretch coming up over the next uh, three games. They got the Storm away, the Roosters back at Mount Smart, and then the Panthers after that. So that might uh, sort of convince a few other, uh, I guess, non-believers that the Warriors are the real deal. From what I've seen so far, I think they are the real deal. They um, they knuckle down. They they've got a never say die uh, attitude, and they don't seem to panic uh, anymore. They just get 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 on with the job. So yeah, they're a dollar eighty to make the top eight. 
Um, they're big outsiders, though, this weekend uh, against the uh, Storm. I think they're around 3.55 to win that match. What? Storm quite warm favourites. That's <laughs> I guess on past performances uh, against the Storm on Anzac Day, you'd have to say it's probably fair, but this is a different Warriors team. So it may be an opportunity for those Warriors punters to make a few dollars again on Tuesday I night. Hope you're, I hope you're paying attention, Warriors fans. Did you take a bit of a bath on the Warriors over the weekend? Did they, did they yeah, we got smashed. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we got smashed. Yeah, yeah, because they, they're, they're, they're starting to... Well, there are... Those Warriors punters who back them every week, regardless of their performance the week before. But now, there are a few other punters who are starting to jump on the bandwagon, and they're they're back in the Warriors as well. So, yeah, pretty much uh, when the Warriors win, you can say this season, when the Warriors win, uh, it's a bad day for us and a great day for punters. (sighs) Poorly. Sympathies go out to you. But come on, the Warriors, make you play again next week, please. <laughs> Good on you, fella. Have a yeah, great I... day, Paul. Appreciate it. Thanks, boys. Yeah, I... yeah, sorry, I'm rudely interrupting. There's a slight delay. Sorry, Paul. We'll catch up with you real soon. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. I think he took that quite well, didn't he? He does. He does. Well, you, he's, yeah. a, he's a fellow uh, fellow capital man like you are, Dan. You know, he's, I'm pretty sure you both share lunch and a few bets every now and then. I don't get any from you. <laughs> I've never met the great man. I think I've seen him. He's this aura about him. I, I, he's a if legend. I see him again in the building, um, I'll, I'll rudely interrupt his conversation with someone and um, you know shake his hand. It would be embarrassing if it's not him. Yeah, if he gives you, um, if he gives you a tip, don't take it. <laughs> uh, it's time to go though um, keep your thoughts coming through to double eight double three or via the phone 0800 150 but here is Aroha with the news uh, for Kubota is it? yeah I think that's where we're going now uh, together we are shaping and building New Zealand Twenty-six minutes away from nine o'clock, within sight of the finish line, Kempi. What a pleasure it's been with you this morning. Oh, Dan, great to see you too, mate. Looking, looking pretty suave there with the old silver locks, wow. and I love the little wow. little, yeah. little beard you got going there too. Like it's not I the kids, to it's not the kids in the turning into that colour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate to fly in the face of public opinion, Kempi, but you're not wrong. <clears throat> Hey, Joe. Hey, boys. Hey, Joe. Uh, how are we going? Stephen Lampard, baby. <laughs> yeah. Here's a question for tomorrow. Here's a question. I, I'm going to do you a favor now. I'm going to come up with your can't wait question of the day for tomorrow. I'm not here tomorrow. Thank you. If you could combine two sporting athletes into one to come up with the ultimate athlete, who would it be? Hey, if you were not listening an hour ago, Frank Lampard, Stephen Gerrard, two different people. But Stephen Lampard apparently is now a person. That would that would be a pretty darn fine footballer. Midfield, I thought, if not quite a long sloping forehead. Um, but would they be? Equal, but, I mean, would they have won the World Cup if if there was like in two thousand and eight or two thousand and four with Frank no, no. Gerrard? No, 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 no. Well, you know, you know, they couldn't pass to each other. So um, I don't know how that work as, as one entity. Yeah, but true. But if you could combine two athletes. 
and come up with an Uber athlete, who would they be? I've got one. How's this? What a frightening proposition this is. Combine Usain Bolt with Andre the Giant. Oh, my God. And put him on the edge for the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> as a winger or as a back row? I think he'd have to put him get closer out. to the football. Yeah. Why, yeah. Do, you, why don't you make him half okay. Gordon, like Gordon Tallis, like Gordon Tallis, that raging bull. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, that mix would look like Gordon Tallis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there you go. There's your question for tomorrow. But I think we're um, you know, here to actually talk about the choice of flooring uh, poll. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. Let's bring a little professionalism into here. I'll, I'll do that. Nah. Uh, well, don't invite me, mate. Why would you invite me? If you're professionalism. I mean, I'm very happy you're here. I didn't invite you, but I'm very happy you're here. Uh, yeah, time yeah, for sure. four poll results. Uh, to the joy of many, Saturday Super Rugby game in Wellington was moved to the early afternoon. In your opinion, which sport has the best viewing schedule? The answer: the uh, winner by a landslide, NRL, was 65% of the vote. I've got to agree. I think it covers. Uh, all hours of the weekend, my uh, boss is just saying because he's got children now, it works best for him because he can watch it after they go to bed. Uh, and Super Rugby Boys, 27%. A-League with 3%. NBA, UFC, no fans there, 0%. Bang. Oh, you're right, Nate. You're right, Nate. I'm that, a wee bit personally hurt, but that's just that's a personal grievance, so I'll put that to the side for this. Yeah, but, they, but, you, but yeah. all you guys are still asleep, mate. All you guys are still asleep. You don't get out of bed till 3 o'clock. That's why there's no votes for UFC. Mate, I've got my alarm set every single Sunday morning and I wouldn't dare miss a card, Kempe. I wouldn't dare. I mean, no, they don't come on till 5 o'clock in the afternoon. You ain't going to have to set your alarm. You're up at least by 5pm, surely. Well, uh, some, those results, sometimes. Sometimes? Those results don't surprise me at all, Kempe. Um, you know, any competition that regularly gives you a diet of afternoon footy, as the NRL clearly does, I'm just glad State of Origin wasn't an option. Uh, because... <laughs> I'm so tired of that. I've been told that game kicks off at X and having to wait another half an hour. Oh, yeah, it's annoying. Tell me about Isn't it. it Especially when you have to get up, you know, four o'clock in when the you're morning. When you're old, to get, like us. Yeah, and you get up and go to the <laughs> show. Well, that's, that, just so you know, Dan, that's next Tuesday. They kick off at eight o'clock in Melbourne. We're in it all ooh, midnight, I reckon. I might as well bring in a sleeping bag. Yeah, I'll be buying the you coffees that do. morning for sure. You know, I'll definitely how be how long the is the drive home? Back, back to Kemp's mansion. Not too far. It's it's at the other side of town, but, um, you know, I could just, I think Nemps might be running the cutter next week, next Tuesday. We could just sit here and do the show. Pre-record, maybe straight after. Oh, yeah. We'll stay here, watch the State of Origin, then pre-record the whole two hours and go to bed. <laughs> there you go. The State of Origin. Yeah. It's the Anzac Day game. You're Anzac getting a little Day bit game. Of yourself. Yeah, if you could tell me who wins the State of Origin game next Tuesday, that would be really handy because I'd make a fortune um, in a couple of months' time and then I could retire on Kempe's Island. Is that an NRL game with weekend. Steve Lampard playing halfback? <laughs> it would be, be a tidy league player for sure. Uh, brilliant stuff. Keep your thoughts coming through on the Timber Bird Post X machine, double eight double three, or you can pick up the phone and give us a call on 0100 Hey, Kimber, the uh, sales NBLs are delivering in spades. Um, you know, arguably the highlight moment of the weekend was a brilliant catch and shoot with 0.5 seconds that uh, saw the Taranaki Mountaineers uh, get up for a, a big win. Um, you know, most teams have already lost, uh, which tells me most teams have... Already won a game, and we're only three uh, rounds in, two and a half for some. It's 
been really tight, fantastic stuff, and we're going to talk about that very shortly. In fact, we're going to go inside the Taranaki camp. We're going to catch up with uh, Armand Fletcher, who joins us uh, up after the break. Stay with us. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Six and away from nine o'clock. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Uh, Kempe, uh, two athletes you would combine to come up with the super athlete. Oh, oh. Well, Tony Kemp's going to be have, going to be one of them, isn't Tyson it? Tyson Fury, I think, um, just for his. You know, banter, he'd be very good at opposite someone else, giving him a hard time. And I would mix him in with someone like a LeBron James, I think. You know, but I think I, I think Tyson Fury actually thinks that he's a coloured man. You know what I mean? So to actually give him a bit of colour with the mouth that he's got and put him in that type of realm. Imagine that. Imagine a LeBron James, Tyson Fury boxer. My lord, or a basketball player. Or he could be the number one scoring player. option and the rim protector and, and, and his own protector. Don't hit me. My Tyson Fury will come out in me. Speaking of basketball, we go to the Sales NBL right now. What a season it has been very early in the competition. Uh, some uh, really interesting results. Uh, it's been uh, very wide open. A lot of teams have already uh, picked up a win. A lot of teams have already picked up a loss. And I think we're just, for some, only two games in. Uh, for some three, uh, but you could argue the Taranaki Mountaineers had the highlight play of the weekend as they had to dig deep on Saturday to secure their first win of the season in very dramatic fashion. A missed free throw by the hometown Hawks gave the years less than a second to put up a shot and win the game, and that they did. David Azor hitting the buzzer beater uh, from the left-hand corner. Great shot. Uh, it was all around social media. I'm sure you have seen it. If not, search it out. It's well worth the look. We go inside the uh, Ears uh, team, the Mountaineers, and we are welcoming into the show one of their imports. Armin Fletcher joins the program. Thanks so much, Armin, for joining us nice and early on a Monday. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're doing all right, mate. We're doing all right. I'd like to know, how's David Azor doing? Has he been talking absolute trash since drilling that buzzer beater? <laughs> I think he got all his trash talking out during the game after the stare down. <laughs> he made the shot and uh, stared down the whole crowd. So <laughs> he's been humble, humble about it off the court, but on the court, he, uh, he definitely stared down. <laughs> Mate, what was the silence? What was the silence like from the from the crowd when uh, David turned around and threw that no look shot from the three point line to sinker? Oh, man, it was so quiet in there. You could drop a pin and hear it, man. Uh, <laughs> it was a great crowd the whole night. Um, it was just a game that you would you, you live for playing for, you know. It was a fun game, and uh, we just glad we came out on the other end of it. Did he get the shot off in time? I'm, I'm going to have to go there. 0.5 on the clock. It, 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 it looked like the clock started a little bit late. Would that make it even even sweeter if that, in case, in fact, was the case? Um, you know me. I'm going to say it got off the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no debate. We can't even talk about it. <laughs> ah, of course, he's going to take that then. He, he got it off in 0.3 seconds, man. Absolutely no doubt about that. Um have you hit shots like oh, that? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you have in your life. You know, you know. T- tell me about the sensations that pulse through your body after you nail a shot like that. Oh man, um, I've never particularly hit a shot, a buzzer beater for a game, but I've you know hit game winners. But I'm sure the feeling of hitting a knockoff 
uh, walk-off game winner is just a different feeling. Uh, actually, when he shot it, um, I was underneath the basket watching the slide of the ball, and as I'm watching the ball, I'm like, oh, my God, this is about, about to go in the hoop. And uh, once it went in, you know, you just see everybody running, and you really don't know what to do. It's just a, a happy feeling, man. Yeah, that's nice, mate. You must be really enough to lose the, to the Tuatara um, on Friday night. Was the confidence levels sort of okay when you head, head into this game? And obviously, with your, your next up against the Nuggets, you must be feeling a bit of confidence. Um, yeah, after our performance the night before that game, uh, um, we had a, a lot of talks amongst ourselves in the locker room. And, you know, we felt really embarrassed, and we knew we were better than that. And so it was big for us to come out and uh, play with a lot of energy and have fun and play with a lot of aggression, you know. Um, I think our, our identity for this team is um, just playing harder than everybody else. Um, that's going to be the key for us throughout the whole season. Well, make sure you beat the Nuggets. Um, our corporate daddy owns that team. Uh, I like it when our corporate daddy gets a bit of a spanking. So uh, go out and beat the Nuggets. Uh, it's your first uh, season in New Zealand. I know you're only two or three games into the campaign. What, what's your early observations about this league? Um, it's a very physical league. Um, you know, I don't shy away from contact, but it is a very physical league. And, you know, I accept it. And um, it's been fun so far. So I'm excited to see what the rest of the season has in store for us. Mate, how good... Oh, sorry. Get sorry, Dan. I was, I was just going to say, mate, and you guys, have, you haven't been on the road for three weeks. Like, have you actually spent any time in Taranaki yourself? Um, no. I've, a couple of my teammates have taken me to see the beach, you know, on our a few days that we've had uh, some off time. But uh, um, this week I'm definitely going to try to get out and, and see some more things since we're home. So uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. Well, just take some deep breaths. The mountain air up there, I understand, is excellent. <laughs> Inhale, exhale. Uh, soak it all in, as you did after that victory over the weekend. Thanks so much for dropping by. We really do appreciate it, Armin. Good luck to you and the, and the rest of your crew throughout the sales NBL. We can't wait to, uh, to, to see what transpires. It's been a, a pretty awesome start. For sure, guys. Thanks for having me on, and, and go Airs. <laughs> Armin Fletcher joining us out of the Mountaineers there so I pick up their first win in rather dramatic fashion with that buzzer beater yeah Hawks Bay um, are leading on four points alongside the Tuatara Bulls and Nuggets uh, the Tuatara Kempe the only side that have actually um, have not lost a game no, and uh, I was meant to actually head that's up. All, that's all you need to know. That's yeah, I was, head, to know. I was meant to head to that one on Friday night then, but um, got tied up and couldn't make it. So uh, it'll be a big one, this one, with the Nuggets too. They'll, they'll be expecting to go up to Taranaki and getting that one, but they'll have some confidence after that buzzer beater um, just on the weekend. We will take a break, and uh, I, I know you guys struggle with this um, at times, uh, but I will pay Smithy the respect he deserves after this break.